This fall, the state enacted a new law designed to give towns around New York broader authority to respond to invasive plants and animals in their communities. To discuss the origin of the measure and how it's intended to be implemented, we're joined by the measure's Senate sponsor, North Country Republican Dan Steck. Welcome to the show, Senator. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So take us back to before this bill became a law. What was the impetus for this legislation? Sure. So this is my third year in the Senate. And before that, I was in the Assembly for eight years. But before that, I was the Queensbury Town Supervisor, Southern Warren County between Lake George and Glens Falls. And the town had a uh, small local lake, uh, Glen Lake, which uh, people going to the Great Escape may be familiar with the body of water right behind the Great Escape on Route 9. Uh, That's in the town of Queensbury. And they had a milfoil problem. Milfoil is an invasive plant species. There's I don't know, about 100 or so private properties around the lake. The town had a small boat access there, so there was town access. But, you know, largely it was uh, private property owners, and they had a milfoil problem. And they had tried for years passing the hat informally amongst their their own private association to try to hire somebody to come in and treat milfoil. And, uh, you know, that that over time got more and more expensive, and uh, they needed more help. They would come to the town board, and they would ask for money. One time they asked for maybe $15,000 and, you know, there, there was public justification for that. And so we agreed to do that. And like a year or two later, they came in and they're like, hey, we need $75,000. So now the town's like, hey, this is becoming a, a little more financially challenging. And, you know, the questions of is this a, the best use of general fund money uh, from the town to treat a, a, a very localized problem that's really largely benefiting private property owners. And that's exactly what the intent and the legal purpose of having taxing districts is is, uh, you know, that the legalese on a district is every property that's benefited needs to be in the district and only the properties that are benefited should be in the district. So somebody across town that doesn't have anything to do with Glen Lake isn't paying for something that really, truly benefits the property owners there. So state law allowed already, uh, when I was town supervisor, the creation of a nuisance aquatic plant invasive management districts. So like any other district, whether you're creating a, a water district or a sewer district or a lighting district, um, the, we went through the process, hired an engineer, did a map plan report, had public hearings, and then ultimately a vote to create the district. You know, it, was, it worked out well because um, now there's a sense of fairness to it. And it was a very modest tax. You know, that was the big question is, oh, you're creating a taxing authority. How do we know that this money isn't going to get out of control and go to, you know, playgrounds? Well, because a district, the law confines you to, you have to spend the money on district needs only. So when we explained that to the public, they got on board, they were convinced that it was a good idea. Uh, it was largely supported. And now for many, many years now, the town at a very modest cost to the people on Glen Lake um, have had a nuisance aquatic plant district and it's worked well. And it, they eliminated the milfoil problem. What struck me when I was the town supervisor was this is great for aquatic plants, but also running around the Lake George region, we have invertebrates, we have uh, zebra mussels, and we have Asian clams. And, uh, you know, there's a host of other invasive non-plant but invertebrate species. And had it been a problem of Asian clam on, on Glen Lake and not a plant, the option of creating a taxing district to manage that would, wouldn't have been available to us. So it was literally, a, well, geez, we allow a district to be formed to fight a plant problem but not an an invasive animal or invertebrate problem. And I brought that to the legislature with me, pushed on it, tried to kick it around. 
the DEC seemed to think it was a good idea. Environmental groups seemed to think it was a good idea. Ultimately, you know, it was, it was difficult to get it uh, going uh, in the assembly. When I got to the Senate, it picked up a little more traction and uh, still took a couple of years. Um, but uh, uh, Assemblywoman Carrie Warner in the, uh, in the assembly carried the bill for us. We worked with the assembly staff that had issues or questions with what we were doing. And I think when Carrie Warner and I explained to them what the intent was, and they told us what their concerns were. We, you know, I think we were able to agree. Yeah, the, these concerns you have, we can address in the law. You know, they were concerned about: Are we changing anything to do with pesticide rules? No, it was just a financial mechanism to to fight this invasive species. So, uh, I think when people really realized that that's all this was doing, then it passed almost unanimously in the Senate, and it was unanimous in the in the Assembly. The governor signed it recently, and so now it's a new tool that towns have. They weren't lining up either. I mean, I don't want people to think, well, there's hundreds of towns out there that want this legislation. But you know what? It worked in Queensbury on milfoil and it solved their milfoil problem at a very reasonable and fair way. But now if another town has this issue, but it's with a, a clam or a mussel uh, that's invasion uh, and they want to address it uh, on a town body of water, they don't need special legislation from the state. They can literally just pull this right off the shelf and do a map plan report like like they would any other district. So it was, you know, I really always thought it was a no-brainer. It took a few years to get done, but it's a tool in the toolbox for our local governments. Well, thinking of it as a tool for local governments, what sort of expertise, if any, does it take to set up one of these growth control districts? Can they be a challenge for towns, or are these simple enough that any interested board or supervisor can get something like this going now that they have, you know, the, the broader mandate. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you start getting into smaller rural towns. Uh, you, you, I mean, really, it's you, you need an attorney and eventually uh, an engineer, typically, to produce what's called a map plan and report. And, uh, and anyone that works in government, again, uh, you know, most towns will have a water district or a lighting district uh, or a sewer district. So, you know, the, the existence, there's thousands of special districts in towns across the state. So the concept of what a district is, is well known by, uh, by town government. And uh, so they know how to create a district and, uh, and manage a district. And this is a district just like that lighting district or water district. Um, and so a town would typically have their lawyer work with the town board to identify the issue, come up with a plan, and then involve usually an engineer to create the map plan report. That's where they literally draw a line and say, okay, this is the map of the district, and these are the environmental concerns that are being addressed there. And, uh, you know, typically that involves an, uh, an engineer. So an engineer, an attorney, and there's, you know, there's literally hundreds of, of them around the state that know how to create a, a taxing district. And then, uh, you know, they just, the town goes through the same process they would to create any other district. You set a public hearing, you hear from the public, and then after the public hearing, you can vote on it and uh, create create the district. So um, it is a function of government that most towns are very familiar with. So it's nothing new there. It's just they may not know that, hey, in addition to your boring traditional, you know, garden variety lighting or sewer district, you, if you have a, a invasive species problem in a body of water, uh, you have the option. Again, you don't have to do this, but, it, you know, if they say, well, you know, we think that this is something that should be addressed by the people that live on the lake. All right, then that's perfect potential for use for uh, a special district. When you think about these special districts, whether it's to control aquatic invertebrate species or for the existing aquatic plant growth, 
do these seem like districts that should be meant to be retired uh, eventually, or are these things that should be consistently present once they're created uh, because the threat doesn't necessarily ever go away in its entirety? Well, again, once if, if the need goes away, there are mechanisms to dissolve districts. Uh, you know, again, a water district, and if something changes and you need to add or modify the boundaries of that water district, there's a mechanism to do that. Similarly, I suppose, um, if you eliminate the need for managing an invasive plant because you've got all of it and you want to make it go away, um, you, you can always dissolve the district. But the other thing I would just point out is that, uh, you know, these things may come and go. And, and uh, part of the budgeting process is the town board, whoever's managing the district, they will look at the needs. And so if they see, oh, you know, this year we really don't need to worry about treating for chemicals because the, the invasive species hasn't come back. Then, then they adjust their budget accordingly. So it could potentially be uh, a not very active district with a little or no uh, budget. And then if something comes up, you know, a year or two later, hey, you know, now we do have a, the, a you know another spike in the uh, the problem, and we need to uh, you know we need to hire somebody to come in and actively treat this year. That's going to require us to uh, to increase the budget to raise funds to do that. So you know the budget may may fluctuate from year to year with the need. Um, but, you know, obviously, like anything else, if something changes and and, uh, you know, a town says, hey, we don't need this district anymore, they, you know, they can always dissolve a district. Well, finally, we're talking about empowering local municipalities to take on invasive plant life and uh, invertebrate in their community. But should this responsibility even fall that far down the government food chain? Should the state be more aggressive or should the state be taking the, the leadership in, in these communities? I'm a big believer in home rule. You know, I, I myself and I, I think I could speak for the vast majority of my other colleagues in the legislature that have local government experience would tell you that, you know, the best government is and the most effective government is the government closest to the issues, closest to the people. And so our town and county governments are well positioned to manage these things much better than the state. You involve the state and you're adding layers of bureaucracy and added cost. Uh, you know, it's a sledgehammer where where maybe a scalpel is needed here and the town and the counties are in better position to do that. Um, so asking the state to step in and manage invasive species on hundreds of lakes in the uh, in the state is a good idea. Um, you know, each town's a little different uh, and, you know, so it lends itself to these special districts. So there's obviously a role for the state to play on larger bodies of water that are state owned, like Lake George or that we share with another state like Lake Champlain. But, you know, for a small lake like Glen Lake or another one in the town of Queensbury that uh, employed this special district for Milfoil, which was uh, Lake Sunnyside, it's perfect uh, for the town to manage that. It's a relatively small budget and they have the flexibility and, and you know, they're nimble enough where they, they could handle this problem much easier than dumping this on DEC. I just left the meeting a few minutes ago before this interview, uh, you know, hearing about how DEC can't keep up with all the other work that they've been tasked. And I think historically... The state legislature has been putting more and more uh, responsibilities on DEC's desk without any additional funding, without any additional staffing. And so now DEC's starting to see their core mission dissolve because they're spread too thin. Um, so I'd rather, you know, where it makes sense. And I think that, the, you know, the managing invertebrate species on small town contained lakes, uh, you know, is, is entirely uh, appropriate for, for local government to take care of. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with State Senator Dan Steck. He is a North Country Republican. Senator, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. 
Likewise, thank you. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capital Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.